0: The ground, birthwild cats are on the ground. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no, here we come. Oh no, here we come. Yeah, birth cats. Alright, so for the first ground. time in the Perth Wildcats' Cats history, the they will host the an open air game when they take on Adelaide on J- January 14th. And this will coincide uh, when this state uh, was actually scheduled, because it's actually members recognition day to appreciate the incredible, incredible support that they receive as in the Perth Wildcats receive from their members and the fan day, uh, their annual fan day that will be held the following day at Esplanade Park in Fremantle. So very exciting news, extremely exciting. I know that the Perth Wildcats have been involved in open-air games, uh, but that was uh, mainly played against Melbourne United uh, at, at uh, John Kane Arena. So, uh, it, for once, they're going to have their own. It's going to be RAC Arena with the uh, the roof open. Extremely terrific news. Now, ahead of and going into the Friday night game against Adelaide, it actually was Mitch Norton's 300th game, starting his career way back in Townsville before moving to Illawarra and then finally landing at Perth alongside Nick Kaye. And going into the game, also Bryce Cotton. He was the league's leading scorer at 22.2 points per game. But then against Adelaide, surprisingly this season, it actually drops to 16. So when he plays Adelaide normally, uh, he does not play well. So we are going to see whether that was going to unfold as it has. Now let's just focus. Firstly, they got the W. It was a huge win for their season and the context. Is Adelaide not the greatest of teams now? Uh of course, that they should be, but they aren't really playing that way. But nonetheless, and for the second time this season, uh, the Perth Wildcats walked into the 36ers' home venue. They took the points with them after a 98-90 victory with a contested tight tussle all the way through. Now, getting to the line, as in getting to the free throw line, that was the key, but also making the free throws count as the Cats were 19 of 23, up against Adelaide's 12-16, making seven more points on free throws alone, all thanks to Adelaide committing seven more personal fouls. And you win by eight points, and you get seven of them from the free throw line, well, there's the game right there, essentially. The intriguing part, however, was they got whacked in the rebounds, something they had been shocking at all season long. Uh, they lost it by 11, and they actually lost the offensive rebounds by eight. But obviously they found another way to win, as the shooting percentages are actually quite similar. And despite a slow start and being down by five at quarter time, they made their move in the second and the last, outscoring the 36ers by 15 points across those two terms alone. It was the first time this season they had three players to get 20 or more points, Now, Bryce Cotton, as we said earlier, normally when he plays Adelaide, he averages only 16 points. But he is quietly staking his claim to be considered for yet another MVP, as he's now, as we spoke about earlier, the leading scorer in the the league on the back of 32 points, 6 assists, and 12 of 12 from the free throw line. But he was back-to-back important games for New Zealand recruit Corey Webster. He had 22 points on 9 of 12 shooting. Whilst it was the best game in red and black for recruit and import to Sean Thomas, he tallied 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 offensive rebounds. They next will face Melbourne United this evening in a huge class clash at RAC Arena to keep building momentum as United have taken them to the absolute cleaners the last two times they've played at the arena. They've got no fears coming into Perth at all. <laughs> Excuse me. But what will be different is they'll be celebrating Corey Webster's 250th game in the NBL with 236 of those, of course, having been for the breakers period uh, since uh, before arriving at the Wildcats. So two good wins. I guess you could probably call it a streak of two victories but uh suffice to say that they just have to keep on winning they have to keep building they're in an okay spot now but they've got to get a string of runs and start playing some consistent basketball and it starts again against a team that going into the weekend they had actually lost uh, five straight games they did get a win albeit it was over illawarra of course i'm talking about melbourne united but uh, they have no fears playing here at all they will feel very comfortable especially one player who's his number is 43, and his name is Chris Goulding. He loves playing RAC Arena, absolutely lights it up. So hopefully that's on the scouting radar for them, and they can keep him to very, very minimal. But just more importantly, they can just play a bit of Wildcats basketball. So, yet another tough contest ahead of them. We'll see how it all unfolds. But we're going to leave the Perth Wildcats. I'm going to head to the pitch, and we're going to talk a little bit of Perth Glory women. few minutes and see how she feels well she may get tested out here Lowry on to Hinson and scores for Perth Glory she takes advantage of an injured Keeley Richards and grabs her third of the season in just four matches And that's a beautiful turn onto her left foot. She doesn't even have to look up. She knows where the goal is. And that is tucked away so neatly at the near post. They were taking on uh, the reigning Liberty A-League champions in Melbourne victory on the weekend. daunting challenge after another frustrating away draw. Although they are getting points on the road, so you could say it's a positive in a way. Now going into the game, they were without experienced central defender Kim Carroll for personal reasons. The last 10 meetings between the two teams have been split down the middle 5-5 with an aggregate total of 35 goals, with the most recent clash going the way of the home team 2-0 away all the way back in February. That was of course last season. Now they have now blown another opportunity to get the points at home, this time succumbing to a rampant and resurgent Melbourne victory. Uh, They lost 3-0. In the second half, it was made all the more difficult after Sarah Kane received a second yellow card, thus needing to make her way from the field. And uh, the team actually had to play one player down for the remaining 30 minutes, which is no easy task or mean feat having to do that. And they, of course, very much struggled. Uh, The team started brightly, coming agonizingly close to opening the scoring when Natasha Rigby had a flying shot via a Hannah Lowry corner that was just cleared on the line. And despite putting the victory under the pump in the early exchanges of the game, the visitors ultimately struck first, and they made their shots count. And this really reflected in the possession count, to be honest, with Glory only having the pill, or the soccer ball, 36% of the time. But as a result, they only had three less goal attempts, uh, an equal amount of shots on goal, and they had three more shots off goal. The team just didn't make the most of the three more free kicks and the eight more throw-ins that they had. Now, they're now sitting ninth and are a bit off the pace and need to start getting their season moving before it's too late and start turning these home games into victories. Macedonia Park seems to be quite a good place to play at, but they're just not making the most of it. As we said, their waveform is actually pretty good. That They got two draws. You would take that any day of the week. Some of those you could probably almost uh, turn into victories. But also the other way, there are a couple of times where they were a little bit lucky to get the draw. But hey, you take it how it comes. But they've blown two chances at home. And we know that they didn't play many home games uh, the last two seasons for obvious COVID reasons, but uh, they just have to look forward. So next they will play Canberra, who they drew with in the opening round, but this time with back-to-back home fixtures. They simply have to get maximum points here. It is a non-negotiable to keep their season on track, especially after they're sitting ninth, and they're a little bit off the pace. So we're going to leave it there for the Perth Glory women, and now we're going to stay on the pitch and talk a little bit of Perth Glory men. Glory, right, so glory, let's talk all things glory men. Uh, but first, a little bit of off-field pitch news, or off-pitch news you'd probably just sum it up as. Just quickly, they announced a two-year partnership with the Australian compression company Skins who will apply compression apparel for both the men's and the women's team. Uh, Perth will will actually have been the only time uh, this season to have not yet played a home game heading into the weekend's Saturday night game. And just to clarify from last week's episode, it was 214 days since the team last hosted a match in WA. So, suffice to say, a long time between drinks. Now, in the eight times that the teams have played, uh, Western United only once has been in Perth. So, they haven't been here very often. And, to be honest, it was a huge moment for the club for the whole season. They got the win! Over the reigning champions. With the first goal actually going to Ryan Williams, who played his first ever professional game in Perth, and 15 years since a game at Macedonia Park after a 12 year English sojourn. So, what a homecoming for, let's call him, the great man Ryan Williams. At least this time he was. Uh, Williams struck in the 14th minute in the most peculiar of goals that was either across to the box shots, but nonetheless it gave them a 1-0 lead to half and before doubling their advantage courtesy of Jack Clisby via a wonderfully curving strike of the ball in the 52nd minute. Well, they did concede a goal in the 83rd minute, but thankfully they were able to hold on to secure the full points. Now the result came despite only having 37% possession, very similar to the Glory women but if that possession percentage, uh, sorry, if that possession percentage, they made the most of it with seven to three shots on target, although they did have two less shots overall. Now, the Glory, in reflecting their style of play, had 32 more long balls, but 11 less crosses. So, obviously, going for the long ball, trying to catch the defence on the hop and off guard, uh, without so much set structure uh, in regards to not having as many crosses. Uh, They weathered the storm in the second half, too, after United were truly pressing uh, without generating shots on goal. Uh, It was just a terrific result for them, and this has allowed them to be one win out of the top six, as it is extreme as it is an extremely tight table even though technically uh, the team is actually sitting second last but it's bottled bottled up uh, in those you know 6 7 8 9 10 etc spots uh, they next face MacArthur FC at Campbelltown Stadium at 2 p.m. on Sunday December 18 so next Sunday so you know obviously it's their first game in what was it what was it Two hundred fourteen days unfortunately they have to go back on the road but then they will come back for a set of home games after that so glad very very good that uh, at least one team in purple got the chocolates at home got the points that they needed and hopefully this can be the start of a climb because uh, boy oh boy do they need it uh, we're gonna leave it for the Perth glory and we're gonna make our way to the ballpark let's talk a little bit of Perth heat earlier to want to visit it, that one is clocked by Arrow, kiss it goodbye junior arrow responds with a lead-off home run in the second, we are all tied up. That was an absolute. So shock. On the weekend, left, uh, the team field. actually this wore horrible, a replica uh, 1952 jersey for for the clash that they had with Sydney. Now, the special jersey has more than 500 names on it of WA or Perth Heat Claxton Shield players, and is 70 years since a WA team won its first ever Claxton Shield, with more than 59 past players being part of the celebrations across the weekend. Uh, just what a terrific way uh, to honor the incredible baseball tradition of this state, and always remember where you came from. Now, going all the way back to game one on Friday night, it was not the start that they wanted. And this was going up against a team that was sitting pretty close to the bottom of the ladder. So they actually lost 8-10 to the Sydney Blue Sox. A uh, fast start from the Sox, and a late charge in the heat saw the visitors take out an exciting game one. Uh, of the four-game series. Jake Bowie hit a three-run home run and BJ Cook drove in two runs but it wasn't enough as the Sox were too good on the night. so, not really the start that they wanted, and going into game two, uh, the first game on Saturday, uh, unfortunately, they just could not build any momentum, and they lost game two one to five. Uh, the Sydney Blue Sox made it two from two. Junior Caminero or Caminaro uh, hit a monster home run to level the scores in the second innings, but the Sox bats got hot in the third, adding four to make it a five-one game. Thankfully, they did have another chance uh, to get a W in Game 3 at the ballpark. And that's exactly what they did. They got a 7-5 win in Game 3. So they were back in the winner's circle with a come-from-behind win as well. Ulrich Bajowski and Jake Bowie both clobbered huge home runs on the way to victory. And uh they were heading into... Uh, The Sunday game, game four, needing to get the win to level the series. And by goodness me, what a game that it was to finish it off. Uh, They won seven to six in an extra innings thriller. They left it late, but they pulled off off an 11th innings win over the Blue Sox. Thanks mainly to Junior Kaminaro's walk-off hit to the deep left field. The game looked over in the ninth before the Heat rallied to tie it up with Josh Reddick, Gunned down to the plate going for the winner. But a huge 11th innings from Connor Higgins gave the Heat the chance to win. And win they did. Taking it out 7-6 in a heart-stopping fashion. It certainly would have been uh, just a terrific game to be part of. You know, to be part of that incredible atmosphere. And as I said, what a way to round out the innings. In regards to the standings, as a result, they're sitting fourth at the moment. Uh, So, they're 10 wins and 10 losses. Uh, They have played one more series uh, than third place Auckland, but also one more series uh, than the fifth place Melbourne. So, you know, they're sitting 500, not too bad, but uh, they are certainly wildly inconsistent at the moment. Uh, As I said, Sydney, they actually did last. At the moment, so this is a team they certainly should have banked two win. Uh, sorry, they should have banked the four wins. They were playing at home as well. Uh, it's it's certainly not what you wanted, and they're going up against Adelaide who, uh, for our reckoning, let's just quickly look at the standings, uh, Adelaide are sitting second on the ladder. So uh, they are 15-5 and five from their 20 matches so far this season. Uh, so it's going to take something special. They're going to have to get their mojo in order. But if they can get, you know, a 3-1 uh, series win... That would be huge for them, and that would bump them up the standings um, as they sort of need to because uh, yeah, they just need to quietly start building some momentum, uh, getting a bit of a run-on because they're just a little bit too inconsistent for my liking, uh, especially with the amount of talent that they seem to have on their roster at this time. So we'll leave it there for the Heat, uh, a terrific final game. And if you were at the ballpark, the Empire Ballpark in Thornley uh, for that Sunday Sunday evening game. Tell you what it sounds like it was an absolute thriller from Manila. Uh, just a terrific contest and what a way to finish. Alright we'll leave it there for the Perth heat, heat and let's now move back to the basketball court but this time let's talk a bit of Perth Lynx. Atlanta putting on a run and Sammy Wickham left alone on the outside. Bad news for Atlanta. I mean she is just on fire tonight. Bringing up the next. Wickham, no hesitation. Fires off and why not? Gee whiz, the Perth Lynx right, well just cannot seem to build any she momentum across right the season, suffering another home loss on Thursday, this time to the Southside Flyers 74-83. to 83. Now they are playing without their captain and Australian representative Sammy Wickham, but one player doesn't make a team despite how good she may be. Now, winning the last turn by three was terrific, and they were only down by five uh, going into halftime. But the 13 to 23rd term uh, put the game to bed, starting and finishing with two 0-9 runs to the Flyers. And despite getting the lead back to four points early in the fourth, and three points to three and a half minutes to play after an Amy Outwell and one, but they just couldn't land the killer below. The shooting percentages, there was only 0.1 difference. Three-point percentages, there was only 1% difference. But the game was won and lost, as is the case for the men, on the rebound side of things. They lost it by 12. And in a killer blow, they were destroyed in offensive rebounds, 3 to 16. That just can't happen, and it's shocking. Of that, uh, the Southside Flyers, they generated 15 extra field goals and 13 second-chance points. Well, there's the game right there. Uh, Also, they were minus 16 for points in the paint, the Perth Lynx. Now the walking double-double Lauren Scherf, she was stoic with 20 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 of four pointers And this all on the back of only having 4 points at half-time. So she did all she could to get her team back in the contest. And for once, Robbie Ryan had probably her best game in red. She had 14 points and 5 assists. Now, as a result, they've fallen to two and four and are now sitting sixth in the standings. And despite it being early in the season, they seem to be way off the pace and they haven't found their rhythm or their mojo yet and they need to start getting it in order very, very soon before the season gets away from them. Now, at the next two games on the road, uh, they're actually going to be leading into Christmas. Firstly, they'll be playing Townsville Fire next Saturday before taking on the UC Capitals on Wednesday, December 21. So, pretty similar to what we said about the Perth Wildcats a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The line was very close to being drawn in, excuse me, in the sand. They've got to get a rig on. They've got to start getting wins. Uh, The thing that, uh, you know, as, as I said, very, very similar to the Perth Wildcats. They are losing games at home, and you just can't afford to give up. They are absolute gold. You've got to bank those wins, snatch some wins away on the road, and, you know, you put yourself in finals contention. So I know it sounds very, very simple. I'm, uh, I'm not a WNBL player. I'm not a WNBL coach. But looking on the outside, if you can do those kinds of things, you're going to be in with a sniff. But are they giving up home wins when they should be banking them? All right, we'll leave it there for the Perth Lynx. Let's now head to the pitch. And let's talk a little bit of, and in the lead up to uh, the BBL season starting very, very soon, let's chat some Perth Scorchers men. Poor delivery from Benny Lachlan Marsh, does he attack him? Does he attack him? That's the shot of the night from Mitch Marsh That's a massive boundary out there in 20 rows back Oh my goodness What power Mitch Marsh has <laughs> Try and get Mitch Marsh to hit to the bigger boundaries Out square, but Wow That is massive what Right, a so the final squad is what complete After finding the final finding replacements for injured duo Phil Salt and Mitch Marsh and due to his positive anti-doping result uh, forcing him to withdraw from the tournament in Laurie Evans. Now, they've added two dynamic English internationals and a promising wrist spinner. Prolific Lorksh sorry, Yorkshire batter, should I say, Adam Leith, who played seven tests and five of those Ashes contests, but T20 is where he's made his name, telling 4,089 runs, if you don't mind, in 166 T20 games with with an impressive strike rate of 149.61, and he seems to be a power play specialist. And going back to a game versus Northamptonshire back in 2017, he displayed his explosiveness, with a 73-ball, 161, including 24s and 7 6s. And it's the highest score in English domestic cricket, and actually, it's the sixth highest T20 individual score of all time. And akin to Faf Duplassie, he'll only be available for the first half of the tournament. Next on the additions, uh, in regards to recruitment, is Middlesex batter Stephen Eskenazi, where for his team, uh, his T20 side, uh, he's actually compiled for Middlesex 1,955 runs at 35.34 in 64 T20s, once again with a terrific strike rate of 140.34. And lastly, it's talented left-arm wrist spinner Hamish McKenzie, after impressive performances both for the WA Second Eleven plus also Subiaco Florian. He's taken 23 wickets at 15.52 across all formats of grade cricket after winning the 2021-2022 Ollie Cooley medal as the competition's best player. And he recently snared three for 25 from four overs in their uh, intra-squad hit-out at Scotch College last Thursday. So they're very much excited to finally getting on the pitch and playing way more regular games at uh, the Perth Stadium Uh the, the Perth Scorchers are so, and they will uh, start their campaign on Saturday up against the Sydney Sixers in a final. Well, I, I guess the final from last year. It'll be the rematch. So, what a contest that is set to be! And thankfully, and with a little bit of luck, yours truly, I'm actually going to be making my way to the game. So, uh, we'll keep you posted on our socials, give you some live feeds there. But uh, very keen to see them, see them in action. They look like they've got an extremely talented and deep squad uh, even with uh, those outs of course Um, and speaking of let's actually go to uh, their squad anyway let's have a look to see or just to refresh your memory and let you know who is in uh, the final team that will be uh, making their way onto the pitch which is really really exciting and as we said not long to go until uh until They make their way uh, to play their first game up against the Sydney Sixers this Saturday at Optus Stadium. And hopefully we can have it absolutely packed to the rafters. So the squad for BBL 12 is Ashton Agar, Cam Bancroft. Jason Berendorf, Cooper Conley, uh, Faf Duplessis, who we told you about last week, Stephen Eskenazi, uh, who we just introduced to you then, Cameron Green, Aaron Hardy, Peter Hatziglou, Nick Hobson, Josh Inglis, Matt Kelly, Adam Lyth, once again, one of our new recruits, as is Hamish McKenzie, Tyler Mills, who played with us last season and was terrific, Lance Morris, the wild thing. Jai Richardson, hopefully he can get back. Uh, he's. Uh, everyone is saying that he's going to be really, really close to playing, uh, so that will be a huge in for them. Ashton Turner, Captain AT, and AJ Tyre. The veteran just are quietly going about his business. So we're going to leave it there for the Perth Scorchers, and we look forward to hopefully touching base with you next week after a W in their debut game for BBL 12. But for now, we're going to leave it for the Scorchers. Alright, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We're done with dusted. That is the end of episode 9 of uh, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. If you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. A pretty busy episode. Not too many positives uh, for our for our teams. We had a couple of wins, couple of losses. I'm very, very excited about the Perth Glory men. They got a great and gut Win uh, across the weekend in their first game at Macedonia Park. Extremely positive result. Uh, big comeback win uh, for the Perth Heat in their last game to tie that series to all. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, we need the Perth Lynx. And the Perth Glory women just to start getting their season back in order, finding some momentum, uh, you know, gelling with all those new players and new recruits that they brought in because they are very close to running out of time to make a bit of a run in the season. But we'll leave it there. And as I said uh, just a couple of minutes earlier, very excited to see the Perth Scorchers start their BBL 12 season and hit the pitch on Saturday. But uh, from yours truly, thank you so much for listening. It's an absolute privilege to have you on board. We look forward to touching base next week with all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene. But from yours truly, out of bat, I'm out for now.